Greetings and welcome to episode number 20 of the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast. As always, I am your host, Chris Hales, straight off the disc golf course and into a glass of iced tea. The weekend is just starting, and I can't think of a better way to kick it off than with an iced tea and some classical guitar tunes. If this is your first time joining me, the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast is a show that features original guitar compositions from around the globe. If you have a classical guitar piece you'd like to have featured on the show, you just simply send an mp3 recording to chris at classicalguitarcomposers.com. If you have thoughts on the show or would just like to comment on anything I talk about or that we play, email that same address. This is, after all, your show. I like to hear your music and I like to hear your thoughts and opinions on all things classical guitar and beyond. Today's show, we're going to be featuring guitar compositions from two composers. I'm very much looking forward to that, so let's get right into it. I do gotta say something real quick that that's happening in my life. I am a sci-fi slash horror fan, as I've noted on the show before. Although, I I tend to wonder, have I really talked about horror movies on the show as much as I think I have? Because I often do talk about it, but I often cut a lot of what I talk about. Because I'll, I'll sit down at the microphone, and I'll talk, and record the show, and it often just comes out too long, and so I'll just trim stuff out. And so I don't really know if, if <laughs> I have talked about horror movies on this show more or have I just talked about talking about horror movies wow what a shame if I've been cutting too much of that out I mean that's premium content anyway but I know I've mentioned on this show at least somewhat my my love for things horror and and sci-fi too and and with sci-fi you know there's all sorts of avenues uh, you can go down with with sci-fi and one one area that that has never done it for me. I've never been a big comic book person. I've never gotten into like superhero movies. Uh, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I like a lot of like monster movies. I like I like sort of these sort of half horror, just more half sci-fi type things. But <clears throat> for whatever reason, you know, as a kid, I I liked I liked Batman when I was a kid. You know, but but I was never like into Batman you know, and, and we're about there now. So over the last like 10 years or so, comic book movies and comic book nerds have become like the normal thing. And, uh, I just have no interest, man. It's just not my thing, but well, yeah. So I've never seen, uh, like all these Marvel movies, like that, that are, I mean, that were a big thing, I guess, like last year or the year before or whatever. I guess it's kind of winding down, it seems like now, but because uh, they finished the the big Avengers thing. But anyway, I, I, I saw Iron Man in the theater when it came out. Uh, it had a great trailer. It was using the, the Black Sabbath song, and, you know, I, I honestly thought that they had made a movie out of the Black Sabbath song, <laughs> but apparently it's there's more to it than that. Anyway... It's just never been my thing. I've seen them here or there, and I, I don't hate the movies by any means. Like, if I see one, I usually enjoy it, but I just don't get into it. I don't, like, leave, like, going, when's the next one? 
But as the world shut down earlier this year, and I've been, you know, watched a lot of movies with my kids, I, I did realize that I've kind of been denying my kids this cultural phenomenon that's happening. And uh, I thought maybe, you know, because my, my kids go as I go. You know, they're, they're certainly their own little people, but they, I mean, they're, they're not going out and seeing Marvel movies without me, and I'm never bringing them home, so. Anyway, I realized that, that maybe I should do this. So we've been working our way through the the Marvel movies. And we're we're going like in order that they were released. And we just watched like Thor two. So I think we have like fifty left. I mean they just there's so many. And that that see that's always been my thing. Any of them individually I, I can enjoy the movie, but I don't want to have to see Iron Man twelve so that, that this other movie makes sense to me. But I'm doing it, man. We're, we're doing them all. And uh, I've realized there's this there's this sexy Chris phenomenon in Hollywood, right? There's, like, what is with all the Chris's? There's Chris Pratt, Chris Pine, Chris um, Evans, and Chris Hemsworth. And I'm just saying, Chris Hales. I, I think that there's room for one more in the Sexy Chris Club. And I think, I, I, I don't see why it can't be me. So I want to know how to get into this club. You know? Stars of, uh, of, of uh, Avengers. Stars of Star Trek. Star of the Classical Guitar Composers podcast. It kind of works. It almost works. I, I I would maybe have to start uh, working out a little bit, or juicing, something like that. But uh, I I think I belong in this club. Hey, you know what though? I I bet I am a better guitar player than those guys. I'm not I'm not by any means the best guitar player. But I'm probably better than those guys. So that's been on my mind. No, we're watching these movies. They're kind of fun. You know, they're fun. You know. I, I've made it a point to really not discuss lockdowns and COVID on the show because I just, I'm so sick of it. It's, we talk about it everywhere. We talk about it at work all day. We talk about it at home. And I don't know, is there a show that isn't addressing it? I, I just hope that this is like, you know, 45 minutes of something else for everybody listening to the show. But the um I will say this, the the lockdowns when they when that first began back in March when everything really started to shut down, <laughs> it massively seemed to affect the show. Like I got a ton of submissions all at once. And I was like the question was do I put start like putting more and more composers on each episode or is this going to fade out? You know, like is it going to wind back down and you know if I feature like five composers in one show and then I've got like no material for the next five months you know so I've I've been just in the order that they come in they get featured on the show but today we're gonna go ahead and double up I think some of uh some of the, I mean I've been sitting on some of these compositions for months now and I, I want to get you guys on the show if you send in music and it, and it meets the requirements which is just that it features classical guitar that's real it's not, you know, 
like synthesized. I, I'm not going to sit and try to evaluate what counts as classical, what isn't, you know, the, the, I, I like that the show, you know, it's to showcase the instrument and the composition. And if the composition is outside of, you know, the normal a little bit, that's, that's great. That's all the better. I like, I like to hear different things. I've heard a lot of stuff on the show so far that is really different. It's the kind of thing I wouldn't have come across before. And, uh, as well as the more traditional composition. I'm really enjoying it all. Anyway, it, it doesn't have to be, as long as it just fits those requirements, it's going to get on the show. That's the point I'm trying to make. There has been a long wait list, because a lot came in at once, but it is going to be featured on the show. If, and if if somehow I've forgotten you, or you think uh, you've slipped through the cracks, just please send me a reminder email. So, with all that being said, I have decided to double up today. We're going to go with two composers. I, I'm curious about this. This is a question. I would I would love some response from from you all. Uh, do you find yourself in a mode where you're composing or practicing more? So I would say that like 70% of the year I'm trying to I'm practicing guitar. I wish I practiced more than I did, but but at least whatever amount it is, there's some kind of routine practice going. But when I find myself uh, getting into a composition, I start writing stuff. Practice almost completely goes out the window, and I all that time is dedicated to composing. Do you is it that way for you, or or are you more of a you're you've got a balance going all the time? Like maybe you work on composition every day for so long a day and practice for so long a day. I don't know. I find with me it's it's strongly one or the other. Uh, if I get on a roll, I just, I'm too distracted to practice. I do feel that it would be a healthier way to go about it if it, to, to have a, more of a balance where, where both are happening. So let's hear what's going on with some other composers in the world. Here's an email from our friend Freya Shaw. Freya writes, Hey Chris, I listened to the newest episode of your podcast and really enjoyed it. I remember you asked about the use of classical guitar in film scores. In the film The Two Popes, there is a short classical guitar piece called Was It Something I Said? As I said, it is only short, but it is lovely to listen to. Mexican classical guitar can also be heard in the film scores for the animations Coco and The Book of Life. I loved these films as a child, and still do. They are produced for children, but I think the beauty of the animation and its music still holds very strong. So yeah, responding to uh, me mentioning, I'm wondering if there's more movies with classical guitar in them. I've not seen The Two Popes, and I have seen Coco, and that, that there was some great music in that movie. It was, yeah, there was some gorgeous stuff in there, and I, yeah, I do remember the Lots of nylon guitar. It was very nice. I don't know what the Book of Life is, so I'll have to look into these. I'm guessing the Two Popes is uh, probably not in the horror sci-fi genre. <laughs> Doesn't mean I won't watch it, but it, <laughs> it it is less likely. Oh man, I did see. I saw that movie, the uh, the Highwaymen. I think that's what it's called on Netflix about the, the guys who. Uh, went after Bonnie and Clyde. Wow, that was good. Anyway, I digress. 
Freya continues, Speaking of films, I have recently been reading a biography of Andre Segovia. I have learned a lot about the lives of classical guitarists through books and documentaries, but I was interested to know if there are any films produced on classical guitarists. If you or your audience have watched any and would like to recommend them, I would love to hear. There is a very good YouTube channel called The Classical Nerd, who has made many videos on different classical composers, although only a few are guitarists. I think you said you didn't know a lot about the life of Villalobos. The Classical Nerd has made a very good video documenting his life. And she sent me a link. I did watch that, Freya, and that was cool. And I actually, I learned some stuff about Villalobos that I did not know. I did not know his output was that massive. And it is interesting, you know, that he talks a little bit about the quality of the pieces varying because of the output. Uh, and he, he brings up the Villalobos Guitar Concerto. That is kind of a a dud, I would say. I, I like the Villalobos Concerto, but it, it it doesn't... I mean, it's how often do you, you know, throw that on your CD player? Anyway, she says also, I hope... <laughs> she says... Anyway, I hope you have a wonderful day. I've been very busy composing on my guitar, so hopefully I can send in some of my pieces soon. Thank you, Freya. That's very good to hear. I hope we get to hear those soon. I can't remember. Did I mention, was it last episode that I talked about the... There's a film on Tubi TV about the life of Barrios. I haven't watched it. I'm curious about how the, the, the biography on Andreas Segovia... That would be a book I'm interested in reading. I've got one... I've got Julian Bream's book, but I, I haven't read it. There are definitely some films dedicated to, you know, the more well-known composers. But I don't know of any that would, you know, be classical guitar composers. It seems like most of them are trying to do Amadeus again. And, you know, I mean, Amadeus is such a, a great movie that I don't think it's going to be repeatable with any other composer. I watched one called Copying Beethoven once. <laughs> it was kind of weird. It was Ed Harris as Beethoven. <laughs> and it was it was okay, but yeah, we also saw this one uh, was it about Paganini? Oh my gosh. I, I almost feel like it was not necessarily biographical, but it was it was it was like a I think it was a fiction fictional story but very much based around Paganini's life I can't really remember it now I, it must not have been all that great it had a it starred like the violinist who played all this Paganini music anyway it was okay I can't I can't remember what it's called it's not the red violin which I believe is also kind of supposed to be inspired by Paganini but I don't remember I'm given some very bad information here yeah there's that but I don't recall it featuring uh Paganini's guitar music. Oh, but uh, I just remembered. The Maestro. You should definitely see The Maestro about Castle Nuovo Tedesco. That movie was pretty good. It had its shortcomings, but it's it's absolutely worth seeing. There you go. Anyway, thank you for the email, Freya. Okay, and next I have an email from Will. Hi, Chris. Just wanted to message to say I stumbled upon your podcast a few days ago started with episode 18, and was immediately reeled in by your mention of A Confederacy of Dunces, which I think is an incredible and underrated book, as well as your mention of Domeniconi's Baba, which is one of the most fun pieces to play. I've listened through episodes 18 and 19, and have started from the beginning. 
I'm really enjoying your extended monologues, which touch on a wide range of cultural references and loving the music too. Particularly impressed with your American Suite featured in episode number one. I definitely intend to send in some music of my own work once I have recordings I'm happy with. Good job with the podcast. Looking forward to catching up and hearing more. Will. Thank you, Will. I really appreciate that. Thanks a lot for saying that about the American Suite. I hope you're still enjoying the monologues after you've listened to 20 of them. But <laughs> but yes, the, the music is, is fantastic. Uh, and there is a wide range throughout the show and much more to come. And that that does remind me, I, uh, I'm always trying to figure out how to make this show better. I'm liking the basic way the show is now, but I, I'm always open to making it better. And I feel like it could be better. So next episode, we'll be trying something new. And I think it's going to be great. And so I'm not going to fundamentally overhaul and change the show, but I absolutely want to try new things and see what works and what doesn't. So I know that's kind of a, a very vague tease, but I assure you next time we're going to be doing something new and cool. And our final email today will come from our friend Martin Slater across the pond. If you remember, Martin was talking about um, nearly losing his pieces, and he talked about uh, joining the club of Villalobos and Barrios, and I wasn't quite sure what he meant. He's giving me some cl some clarification. He says, Chris, they both lost a lot of their music. Most notably, Barrios has waltzes three and four, but no one or two. Also, Villalobos lost one of his famous preludes. There should be six, not five. Plus, pretty well all of his early guitar music. Situation clarified. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I forgot. I, I knew about the sixth prelude. I Although I'm not... Is that verified or is that like a rumor thing? Is it like a... I, I thought that the sixth prelude was like a... Almost like a legend. Is it out there? You know, it's like the Holy Grail. We're going to be digging through things looking for it forever. Man, that'd be great to have a sixth prelude, though. The Villalobos preludes are just, they're so fun to play. They're so playable, and they're they are great. I like them more than the etudes myself. I think they're more musical, and they're definitely easier. And I I, I never realized that uh, with Barrios. I, I never made the connection that there was no waltz one or two. So, yeah. Martin says, Chris, you talked about so many things of interest to me in Cast 19 that I had to write a list. <laughs> to start with, that shocking thing called the film soundtrack. I think the main thing that draws me in is the orchestral form and instrumental colors, both solo and in combination. combination. This is the root of my desire to create a guitar concerto. I know this is a big thing to aspire to, but in this day and age, it is now possible to dream of such a thing without having to employ a vast number of musicians. On the subject of Hans Zimmer, I claim neutrality. <laughs> yeah, the film soundtrack. I I know I'm I'm, I know that my opinion on that is unpopular, but it's I just gotta tell you they just don't do it for me. Speaking of such things, the Marvel movies eh, no. Does not do it for me musically. In fact, I get tired. That's the very uh, Hans Zimmerish composition to me that. I don't think he actually did the Marvel movies, but that's what they—they they, it, it just all sounds like a blur of noise to me. Lots of big drums, lots of staccato celli. Anyway, 
I certainly don't watch them for the music. <laughs> Speaking of film composition, the great Ennio Marconi has passed away, and I'll take a moment here. Ennio Marconi um, is like he. My father-in-law adores Ennio Marconi. I don't know if I've ever seen a bigger fan of anybody or anything than my father-in-law is of Ennio Marconi. So, and Ennio Marconi's output is just massive and incredible and varied. And of course he's most famous for his spaghetti westerns, right? But the, he, wrote, he wrote some incredible music. He also wrote some hideous music. But I will say that dude could compose. And there is some film music that that I can actually really get on board with. But I loved the music to The Good, Bad, and the Ugly so much that I actually did get that soundtrack. And I'll tell you what, it's pretty cool, but it's not as good as seeing it in the context of the movie. Even that one just doesn't move me or do it for me the same way it does paired with its movie. So I respect film composition for what it is and like that, but as standalone composition, I just don't think it's as satisfying as music written for the sake of music. I guess you could say the same thing about like ballets, but I, I can sit and listen to a Tchaikovsky ball, ballet without the dance and but I guess it's it Tchaikovsky would have written the music, right? Not watching people dance as he's writing it, he's just writing the music needed. Whereas film, you're really writing around the film. So I think it can bring out a lot of creativity. I think it's way fun to do. I absolutely love doing it. I just don't it just isn't going to pop up on my iPod, you know. Uh, but Ennio Marconi it is a, was a great composer. I am truly, as much as uh, we like to make fun of him when we're around my father-in-law, like, we, and we do, Ennio Marconi was a great composer. And uh, I am sorry to see him leave this world. But I believe, I mean, he was... He was of age to leave the world, I guess. I mean, it's, at least it wasn't like a tragic taken from us too young. And uh, Ennio Marconi did the music to my all-time favorite movie, The Thing. John Carpenter's remake of The Thing. That is my all-time favorite movie. It is the best horror movie. It's just the best movie ever. Ennio Marconi did the music because, you know, John Carpenter usually did his own scores but for whatever reason the I don't know if it was the producers or I don't know I don't know that much about movie making but John Carpenter wasn't allowed to do it himself for whatever reason so Ennio Marconi did the music and he made it sound like John Carpenter music and it's phenomenal and here I go contradicting myself again I just realized there is one film composer that I do listen to <laughs> and it's John Carpenter I have a John Carpenter CD, and yeah, okay, I've done, I've done, gone, and totally contradicted myself. I totally forgot about John Carpenter. John Carpenter is, I mean, you know, his music's mostly like electronic. It's very different. It's almost like I wouldn't call it composition, <laughs> but I do find it enjoyable to listen to. Dang it! I feel like such a hypocrite now. He's the best. He is my favorite film composer. But Ennio Marconi, uh, you know, the, the 
the score to well not the score, it, that CD I have it's like themes right it's the theme to Halloween and <clears throat> Escape from New York and anyway it has the thing as well so back to the email Martin writes regarding pop orchestrations there is one that is popular in the UK at least and that is the Queen Symphony by Tolga Kashif written in 2002 it features regularly in our classical FM radio stations annual Hall of Fame so I haven't heard that one but uh, I'm gonna say this if you don't know what Martin's responding to go ahead and listen to the last episode I'm gonna stop recapping everything uh, he's responding to the last episode so uh, that's interesting I'll, I'll have to check that out uh, as you all know I've been uh, lukewarm with Queen and, and I'm feeling more and more I, I've gained a lot of respect for Queen in the last year or two uh, I don't know if I'm gonna enjoy a Queen Symphony but I'm gonna definitely check it out we'll, we'll see he says now for Bella Bartok and his Romanian dances the literal transcription was made by another composer but Bartok did actually make an arrangement not literal for smart for small orchestra and he, oh and he says I quite like that arrangement he did but he first did it for piano and I was saying I prefer the piano to the orchestra but my favorite is the the arrangement for piano and violin and I can't remember who did the arrangement I'm gonna look it up right now I got the score right over here okay the transcription was done by somebody, I can't say his name, Zoltan Zakili. Not even close. To it. Yeah. But absolutely wonderful. I've also heard it played, this version played with a guitar, classical guitar accompaniment instead of piano. And I like it, but I, as much as I love the guitar, uh, it does not have the volume of the piano. And so it, it actually kind of loses some for me. It's a rare time where I would say guitar is not the best choice. Eh, rare. And maybe I, I second guess that even saying it now out loud. No, it's truly, it's truly why we need original guitar music and less transcriptions. We need music that's written for the guitar that, that is idiomatic to the guitar and lets the guitar shine and what it's good at. Yeah, transcriptions are fun too, though. Martin says, regarding the harmonic language of Ponce's Vespertina, you have told me the term you were thinking of was quartal. Looking this up in my copy of Harmony by Walter Piston, an American orchestral composer, I found this term illustrated by Schoenberg's Chamber Symphony, Opus 9, which apparently proved influential. Myself, I am more familiar with the whole tone scale, which gave Debussy's Prelude a... Uh, oh boy, <laughs> I, I don't know if I can do it. Après midi d'un fond, its revolutionary texture and feel. Another big influence on Debussy was an Indonesian Gamaliel ensemble, which he had heard when they visited Paris. This very much inspired his subsequent greater freedom and variety of rhythm. Yeah, I don't know the Schoenberg piece. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, those guys did use it, and yeah, my thoughts on that kind of harmony is I, I really like it in a tasteful amount but I you know I what can I say I enjoy thirds once in a while and I think too much of that can be exhausting Debussy's kind of hit or miss with me he's not my favorite either I don't I 
like him more than I used to. I, there was a long time before I could really stand any Debussy music, but uh, I can kind of appreciate it now more than I once was able to, but it isn't my favorite. Martin says, August to the mill for future guitar compositions. I look forward to more thought-provoking ideas in Cast 20. All the best, Martin. Thank you, Martin. I hope uh, there's maybe some thought-provoking things coming out of here. Uh, you've certainly got my wheels turning. Uh, that Gamelian Ensemble, or how do you say that? Gamelin? Gamelin? I believe, isn't that what uh, William Cannongeiser did with the LAGQ? They, they like did this piece where they like stuck all this stuff on their guitars and made this like weird percuss percussive piece. It's pretty cool. It's on their DVD, that live DVD. Um, I think that's what that's all about. I will admit that I'm, I'm not overly tempted to go look up the Schoenberg <laughs> Chamber Symphony. I, I feel like I got a lifetime's dose of worth of him in college. And I just, no more. I can't take any more. Thank you, Martin, so much for your email. And everybody else who emailed as well. Like I said earlier, I'm always trying to figure out ways to make the show better. I think the emails definitely make the show better. That reminds me, I believe I still owe you a score, Martin. It's coming. It's coming. There's There's a list things that need to happen. Okay, let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, let's do the Encoda ad, and we'll come back and hear some fresh classical guitar music. Hey, like me, are you addicted to sheet music? Then let me tell you about Encoda. Encoda is an app that lets you practice, play, and perform your sheet music. It is a streaming service similar to Netflix and Spotify with tens of thousands of titles. That's millions of pages of sheet music available instantly at your fingertips. Subscribers have access to the finest editions from Boozy and Hawks, Baron Ryder, Chester, Novello, and many, many more. And they have received praise from Sir Simon Rattle and Joyce D. Donato. And if you're not sure, you can sign up for a free trial. Download Encoda from your app store today. That's Encoda, N-K-O-D-A. And be sure to let them know that the Classical Guitar Composers podcast sent you. Okay. I was just going back through all these emails, and for a moment there I thought... I was wrong, but it looks like, yeah, t it, I'm going to go ahead and do two composers today, and once again, uh, I'm doing these just in the order that they come, so if yours has not been featured yet, it will, I promise. So, today's first composer goes by the name Christopher McLaren, and Chris writes, Hi Chris, I hope you are doing well. I asked in some classical guitar Facebook groups how I could maybe promote my first album. Somebody told me about your podcast, so I thought it would be within my best interest to get in touch with you. Some people have said that it isn't classical guitar, or even contemporary classical guitar, but regardless, whatever happens is up to you, so I will leave this in your hands. Let me know what you think. Thank you very much for your time. Kind regards, Chris. Thank you, Chris. As I said earlier, these definitely can be played on this show. So we're going to hear three pieces from Chris. The first is called Weeping My Soul, it will be followed by Broken Angel, and finally, The Dream is Real. Okay, and there it is. Thank you, Chris.
We've just heard three pieces by Christopher McLaren. Hey, and our second composer today goes by the name Gisli Johan Greterson, who hails to us from Iceland. And Gisli, I hope I'm saying that right. I I looked up pronunciations and I got some conflicting information <laughs> and then trying to do it. Yeah, so I'm sorry about the very Americanized botchery of your name, but uh, nonetheless, I try. And Geesley writes, Hi, I found your podcast, and since I have some etudes for guitar that I would like you to take a look at, I decided to send them to you. I composed these five etudes while studying guitar composition and arrangements with Jan Olaf Eriksson in 2010. The recordings can be found on my SoundCloud page and in the score with this email. You can distribute these at will, and the score is free to use for concert purposes. Regards, Geesley. Okay, Geesley sent me the score. I'm not sure if I can upload that to the website, but there I'm going to upload links to his SoundCloud and to his website. His website's really cool. There's, it looks like uh, you do a lot of a lot more than just guitar composition. That's very cool, Geesley. So I'd encourage everyone to check out his website and um, I will also be posting uh, where you can find Christopher McLaren's album as well on YouTube so for those links just go to www.classicalguitarcomposers.com and you'll find those there so here is five etudes in order by Gisli Johan Greterson
Okay, and there it is. We've just heard five etudes for guitar by Giesli, Johann Greaterson. We've heard great music on the show today. It's been my pleasure to be bringing the show to you once again. And I'm looking, I'm very much looking forward to next month's podcast as well. Like I said, we're going to try something a little different next time. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Please remember to visit classicalguitarcomposers.com and check out the links provided. Until next time, keep on plucking.